0: I've heard people say, I read 10 chapters from the Bible today. Fantastic. What chapters were they? I have no idea. I remember nothing. You'd be better off to read 10 verses with comprehension
1: than 10 chapters without it. Especially when we're working to reignite our faith. Pastor Greg Laurie says the purposeful study of God's Word is imperative.
0: So you read it, you think about it, you meditate on it. It's just getting back and doing those things we should have been doing all along. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, Again, you hear of the angels are
1: singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We know we put our socks on before our shoes and our shirt before our jacket we all know that the order of things is important. Pastor Greg Laurie says a spiritual awakening will come to our culture after a spiritual revival comes upon the church. God described that dynamic in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Today on A New Beginning, we're learning about the components that lead to revival among God's people. It's a part of Pastor Greg's enlightening series called Jesus Revolution.
0: I wanna talk about prayer and revival because that's really what needs to happen. We need to start praying like we've never prayed before. If you know, it's interesting that one of the great awakenings that happened in America that I mentioned last time was what is called the prayer revival in New York City. It started as a prayer meeting on Fulton Street in New York and it started very small, but then the stock market crashed And everyone basically was freaking out and calling on God. You know, when things are going well, we might say, well, we don't really need God all that much. Oh, trust me, we need God. We need God badly. But maybe we're just not willing to realize how desperate the situation really is. Often in the Bible, uh, lethargy, laziness, and sleep is used as a picture of a person that is complacent in their relationship with God. In Romans thirteen eleven it says, it's more urgent right now. The day of the Lord is closer than it's ever been. Time is running out, so wake up because our salvation is so close. So God wants to send a revival. One person wrote it down this way, and I quote, if all the sleeping people will wake up, if all the lukewarm people will fire up, if all of the dishonest people will confess up, if all the disgruntled people will cheer up, if all the estranged people will make up, if all the gossipers will shut up, if all true soldiers will stand up, if the dry bones will shake up, if all the church people will pray up, then we can have a revival. I like that. (laughs) So here's point number one if you're taking notes. If you want to see a revival, you need to confess your sin humble yourself and pray. You need to confess your sin, humble yourself and pray. That kind of brings us to the text I want to look at, Nehemiah chapter nine. And this is a story of a massive prayer meeting uh, that happened. And and this prayer meeting uh, took place after the people of Israel, who had been held captive in Babylon for 70 years, were free. They were allowed to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They were led by Nehemiah. So after the walls were rebuilt and everybody was back in the land, a prophet, priest named Ezra, gave a powerful message. And after he was done speaking, the people prayed. So Nehemiah 9, verses one to four, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. On October 31st, the people assembled again and this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads And those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord God was read aloud to them. And for three more hours they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord. Uh, So that sounds like revival to me. So what do they do? They prayed with passion and they confessed their sins. Uh, The Bible says if we will confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number two, they separated themselves from ungodly influences. They separated themselves from ungodly influences. Verse two says they separated themselves from all foreigners. Our modern context would be getting away from bad influences. We all know people that drag us down, don't we? And we all know people that pull us up. Some people, when you're with them, you're just a little bit closer to Jesus. They inspire you to be a more godly person. Other people, they're always mocking you, challenging you, arguing with you, uh, pushing back on anything you say regarding your faith, you know, you need to think about who you hang out with. Now I'm not suggesting you only hang out with Christians because how can we lead people to Christ if we don't hang out with non-believers? But at the same time, the Bible says that we are to flee youthful lusts and follow faith, righteousness, and peace, listen, along with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Find godly people, hang out with godly people. When I was a young Christian, just a kid like some of you are, uh, I hung around with a lot of older people. I knew some people my age as well, but I found people that were old enough to be my parents who could be good role models for me so I could learn how to be a more godly version of me. I'd recommend you do the same thing. Then thirdly, they heard God's word and they acted on it. That was after three hours of listening to the word. And by the way, when we listen to the word of God, it's not for us to pick and choose What parts we like and what parts we don't like. But you know, some people will kind of edit things out. They'll say things like this My God would never say that about a person. My God is all loving, and my God, well, I don't know who your God is, but He may not be the God of the Bible. He might be just a figment of your imagination. There's only one God, and He reveals Himself in the scripture. He says, lo, in the volume of the book I have come, it is written of me. So you want to know, again, the mind of God, the nature of God, the will of God. Open this book. In fact, everything you need to know about God is found in the Bible. You don't need to look anywhere else.
1: So they did those things. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And now Pastor Greg continues his message, Prayer and Revival, from his series, Jesus Revolution. We're looking together at Nehemiah chapter 9. Let's continue.
0: Do you know what it means to meditate in the Word? It means to chew something over. This is a gross analogy, but I'll use it. You know how cows chew their cud? They chew, then they swallow, then they regurgitate it. I guess they figure, hey, if it was good last time, I'll have it again, right? (laughs) And it's a warm meal too, by the way. Um... Hey, just saying. But they chew it over. They chew it, chew it, chew it. Okay, that's how we should study the Word of God. Not regurgitate it, but uh, read it, contemplate it, ponder it. You know, we use the word meditation uh, in an Eastern sense. It means to empty your mind. When you use the word meditate in a biblical sense, it means to fill your mind. But it's not just jamming as many chapters in it that you can get in there. I've heard people say, I read 10 chapters from the Bible today. Fantastic, what chapters were they? I have no idea. (laughs) I remember nothing. You'd be better off to read 10 verses with comprehension than 10 chapters without it. So you read it, you think about it, you chew it over, you meditate on it, you consider it throughout the day. This is not rocket science on how to be a strong and growing Christian. Revival doesn't have to be overly mystical. It's just getting back and doing those things we should have been doing all along. Here's a really interesting statement from a man that worked very closely with a great evangelist known as D.L. Moody. This guy was named R.A. Torrey. Back in those days, they liked to use initials instead of names. So R.A. Torrey, who worked with D.L. Moody, made this statement. He says, I can give a prescription that will bring a revival to any church or any community or any city on earth. Number one, let a few Christians, it doesn't have to be many, get thoroughly right with God. Again, let a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. He says, this is the prime essential. If this is not done, the rest I say will come to nothing. Number two, He says, let them bind themselves together in a prayer group and pray for revival until God opens the heavens and comes down. Number three, let them put themselves at the disposal of God for him to use as he sees fit in winning others to Christ. Then he says, that's it. That is all. It's sure to bring a revival to any church or any community. I've given this prescription around the world. It's been taken by many churches and many communities and in no instance has it ever failed. It cannot fail. So when I, I need a revival. Lord send a revival. Well, why don't you just do the things we just talked about? Remember from where you have fallen, uh, repent, do the first works quickly. As I said earlier, get right with God. Pray with others, pray for revival till you see it in your life, in your family's life. We don't have to worry about the whole planet or even the whole nation. Let revival start with you. Let it start in your home. Let it start in your life. It starts with you. The Jesus revolution starts right here in my heart. Starts in you, starts in me. And then, I love how he says, Ask God to use you to win others to Christ. When's the last time you shared your faith? You just start doing those things alone and I think you'll be surprised by what God will do in your life. God gives us a choice in Deuteronomy 30, 19. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. You know, you decide what your life is gonna be like. You can't control the circumstances of life. Oh, I wish we could, trust me. But we can't. But I can control the decisions I make in life. I can't control what happens to me, but I can control how I react to it, right? So every morning when I get up, I have decisions to make. We make choices, and then our choices make us. And if we make the right choices, we'll live a blessed life. Not a pain-free life, not a trouble-free life, but we'll live a blessed life, and Jesus will be with us Walking through it, through thick and thin, and sunny days and stormy nights. But listen, all these things I'm saying, these are for people that have put their faith in Jesus. And I wonder if you've done that. You know, what we care about more than anything else is our relationship with God. And I wonder if some of you haven't joined us here and you would say to yourself, well, I don't really know God in this way. You know, the thing that got me to believe in Jesus before. Anyone talked to me, and actually no one ever invited me to church, no one even invited me to the Christian meeting where I ended up getting saved on my high school campus. What drew me to that meeting were Christians that loved Jesus, and I ended up hearing the gospel in a way I understood for the first time, and that is the day I believed in Jesus Christ. I heard for the first time in a way I understood that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who was sent from heaven to earth to die on the cross for my sin because I've broken God's commandments and we've all fallen short of God's glory. And I was told if I would turn from my sin and believe in Him, I could start this new relationship with God. And the statement that really got my attention is when the guy who was speaking said, Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. You're with me or you're opposed to me. And I looked around at the Christians and I thought, well I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against Jesus? I don't want to be against Him. But I didn't even know I could be for Him and know Him. This is all new to me. And then he said, if you want to ask Jesus in your life, I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer with me. And I did it. And that was the day I became a Christian. A long time ago. 1970. That is really long ago, isn't it? But. Ever since that day, from 17 to today, Jesus has been faithful to me. Jesus has been there for me. Jesus has made himself even more real to me. And I want that to happen for you. Because Jesus, who died on the cross and rose from the dead, is here with us right now. And he says, I stand at the door and I knock, and if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And I wonder if there's someone here or someone listening. It has not yet opened the door of their life to Jesus, but they would like to do it. He wants to come into your life. He wants to forgive you of your sin, but only you can open the door of your life and ask him to come in. In a moment, we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna extend an invitation similar to the one that was extended on my high school campus, for you to believe in Jesus Christ, for you to be forgiven of your sin. For you to start this relationship with God and have your own Jesus revolution. Let's all pray. Father, I pray for every person here, every person watching or listening, wherever they may be, help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you. Help them to believe in you, we pray. Amen.
1: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you'd like to make that kind of change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg can help you do that right now.
0: I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. And I turn from it now. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward. As Savior and Lord, as God and friend, thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd like to send you some materials to help you begin to live this new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it and we'll send it your way free of charge if you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Give us a call on eight hundred Pray For Me. That's one 772 936. And the team would love to pray with you while you're on the line too. That number again, 1-800-772-936. Be sure to join us next time for an enlightening discussion about matters of the end times as Pastor Greg invites Bible scholar Don Stewart to join him. A discussion you won't want to miss next time on A New Beginning.